Hello, listeners. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Faith on Fire podcast. To everyone who's listening, whether for the first time or you've been with us from the beginning, I truly am appreciative. Today, we are going to continue our theme this month of talking about achieving our goals and setting and making goals by speaking to someone who paid off six figures of debt in under four years. I am so happy to hear her story and glad I made this connection. I really hope that as you listen, you're encouraged as well to make goals and achieve them. So without further ado, this is episode two, Faith and Finances, a Debt Payoff Testimony. You're listening to the Faith on Fire podcast, the pod where faith and financial independence intersect. I'm your host, Simone Brumel, here to share financial coaching and education through a biblical money mindset. Follow me on my path to financial independence, and I'll give you tips on how to navigate yours. Money is a tool, so learn how to use it wisely. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Faith on Fire podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. And before we get into our conversation, I'll pause here and let her introduce herself. Well, hi. Thank you, Simone, for having me. My name is Imani Hamilton. I am the founder of Finance by Faith, which is a financial coaching and consulting company uh, where I help both entrepreneurs and working professionals really manage their cash flow and get out of debt so they can live freely in their calling. I love it. And as you as you mentioned, the name of the company, Finance by Faith, it was definitely what attracted me to you and what you were doing. So I'm so excited to have you on today where we can talk about finances and faith because that's where both of our passions lie. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. So today we're going to be hearing a little bit about your story, um, how you kind of started on your financial independence or, you know, improvement journey and what obstacles you overcame. And I just think it'll be a great conversation for people to know and, and hear because um, I think it's always great to learn from experience or from other people's experience experiences um, so you don't make the same mistakes and can improve on them. So I'll start off by just asking you to kind of talk about your your debt story and, and how you how you got here today. Yeah, so um, I am admittedly a math geek. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I loved the, the subject. And so I knew going into undergrad that I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to major in math. And so um, upon graduation, the the field actuarial science was one of the top three careers in the country. And a lot of people don't know what actuarial science is, but it's really about probability and statistics around forecasting insurance premiums. So I did that for about nine years. And during that time, I was investing in real estate. And that was in the early 2000s. And so that was around the time where real estate was just going crazy, not knowing that the Great Recession was about to happen. And so... Mm -hmm. um, Really did really well, but also got caught in the recession and ended up losing a property. And that was my first kind of encounter with like, okay, maybe taking out all this debt really isn't a great thing. Um, but having experienced that, I realized that I really loved real estate. 
And so I decided to go back and get my MBA from Wharton and majored in real estate and finance. And at that time, I went ahead and went to commercial real estate banking. And mind you, I just racked up six more figures of debt in getting my MBA. Yep. And so here I am now as a commercial real estate lender, um, having the experience with the Great Recession, now having over six figures of student loan debt. And here I am as a lender. So now I'm getting exposed to what I call the other side of the debt table and really understanding the business of debt. And I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, okay, this is a whole industry. Like, this is a whole thing. Like, no wonder trillions of people are in debt. And so um, it was at that time, it's like, okay, it's, it's time to really get out of debt, especially because there was a point in time where I really wasn't fulfilled in my job and was looking for something else. And when we looked at the numbers, my husband and I, it was like, well, you can't go nowhere because... Our debt per month was literally $2,700 per month. And that didn't even include the house. And wow. so with that big mountain in front of us, it was just like, okay, we really got to, you know, knock this, this debt out. And so that's when we started our debt-free journey. And um, it took us three years and nine months to pay off $142,000. And that does not include the house. We are working on that. Um, but that was a mountain um, that we were very happy to get, you know, over, yeah. I should say. And yeah. um, it actually got us to the point where uh, now I've, I've left corporate altogether. Um, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. And when I tell you, I did not have any plans to leave my job or anything. I was just thinking like, okay, what, you know, when this is all paid off, what can we do with the extra $2,700? Yeah. <laughs> you know, thinking about all that stuff. Um, but really, it, shortly thereafter, really started to feel the tug from from God to say, like, this is this is the time to step out. And um, I really thought I was actually pregnant at the time. So I was like, OK, maybe it's my hormones. Let me let me go <laughs> maternity leave. Maybe come back. Maybe I'll feel, you know, and and feel I, differently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I came back and I still was feeling that way that it was time to go. And so I literally stepped out on faith, uh, which is one of the reasons it's called Finance by Faith. Um, because I really just felt like it was time to go. And I believe I could have only have done that because we, we went ahead and paid off our debt and made it a priority to pay off. Yeah, I love that story. And so I do want to go into some of the details because you mentioned the, you know, Wharton Business School debt and, and that being six figures. So was there other debt outside of the student loan debt um, that you had? Yes. So putting the house aside, it was the student loans. And then we had two cars. Okay. And actually, right after I graduated, um, we bought a brand new car the next year, which I would never do again. But yeah, yeah, yeah it was two cars and the student loans had total the 140. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely identify with that debt because I'm in a similar situation with student loan debt and now just one car. Um, but you know, the, for most people, the student loan debt really is like the biggest piece yeah, of it. Maybe huge. you have some credit cards or, you know, mm -hmm. store cards or something, but it's really the student loans that like people are getting debt free of. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's like a shackle. Um, it's just really hard to see beyond it. So, yeah. Yeah. So you had mentioned, um, you kind of, 
with your husband came to decide, Hey, this isn't enough. Um, if I wanted to leave my job, not really living the life, um, that I'd like to. So can you speak more to that specific moment where you said, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna attack this head on and, and make a plan. Yes. So I'll, I'll tell you the going through the great recession was a wake up call. Um, both when it comes to finances and spiritually, because mm-hmm. it was at that moment that I went from religion to relationship. I was in yeah. church all my life and, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I realized I really wasn't consulting God with our decisions. And so that really was a pivotal point. So I would call that almost the seed, but the seed got watered when I encountered Proverbs 22, seven, which says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. And when I read that, it literally hit me like a ton of bricks because I really felt like a slave. There were multiple times where um, I was presented with with career opportunities that I would have loved to take, but it was with a nonprofit. And so the salary was a little less than I was making in for-profit, but the, the opportunity was wonderful, but I couldn't, I couldn't take it because I wouldn't have made enough to cover our my debt obligations. I would have been okay mm-hmm. without the debt. I could have we could have survived, but without it, there was no way I could have taken it. And this happened twice. So when wow. when I when I read the scripture, it was just like, yeah, I, I really feel like a slave that I really have to consult my debt when it comes to, you know, major decisions and what's holding me back. And that was it. So it was the top of 2014. It was okay. That's it. That's enough. Yeah, I don't need another yeah. example to tell me that this debt is in my way. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, I would say it was Proverbs twenty two seven that changed my life, literally. Yeah, and I I, I love that because, um, a lot of times as Christians we don't really consult with God about our finances, or our consultation is more like, "Here is my plan. Can you make this okay?" Right? Yeah. And sometimes that's not. And usually, not even sometimes, most of the times, that is not how God is trying to lead us. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it does take that, you know, moment of, all right, God, I'm surrendering to you whatever the plan is um, and not just my dedicated plan. That's right. That's right. And the thing is, is that there are so many knowledgeable people out here. And it's especially nowadays where information is at your fingertips and uh, everybody can put out whatever they want to put out as far as information. And you really have to be able to sift through who should I be really getting counsel from? Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that I need to consult the word of God first so that I can align who I am going to for, you know, to make sure that they're giving me wise counsel. Because when I was out mm-hmm. there in the early 2000s investing in real estate, there was a lot of like borrow as much as you can and, you know, really use other people's money. And and not to say that that's not a strategy, but I didn't realize that that really wasn't aligned. Not to say that it's a sin or anything like that, but it really right, just wasn't right. aligned. And, and I wasn't able to decipher because I never took the time to really study and, and consult God for what, for what he, you know, what his intention is when it comes to our finances. So, yeah. And, and that's perfect because, um, a lot of times we can 
get into whether it's a career or, you know, an investment, it's not a, a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. we're not trying to say anything is sinful, but right. it's just not for you and not what God is asking you to do. And that is where we get tripped up sometimes entering into financial situations that's outside of, of what God is calling us to do because, you know, we're following the trend of people making money. It, so whether it's right. real estate, yes. you know, mm-hmm. investing, you want to be a part of that, but maybe what is for you is different. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. I agree. Um, so I wanted to ask you just a little bit around um, what you were doing in real estate, because, you know, just on the surface, it would seem like you were doing well, right? You're yes. talking about commercial lending and, you know, in that time, that was the hot ticket thing that everyone was doing. And on the surface, you seem like you're doing well and probably prospering. So, you know, talk a little bit about what you're doing in real estate and how maybe it wasn't necessarily aligned with your real financial situation. Yeah. So, um, a couple of things started out as a landlord, um, and prices were just skyrocketing so fast, was able to sell a couple of properties for double what I bought it at. And so started to get into the flipping game and really it was, um, what happened is that, you know, when you're doing stuff and you're prosperous and, and things are going great, people hear about it. People know what you're doing. And so an opportunity came my way and I jumped on it, but it really wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. It was in a state that I never been to. Um, it was ground up construction, which is something I've never done. So it was, you know, I had dropped all, I would say, due diligence of what I would normally have done and like stayed in my sweet spot. I kind of ventured out of that pocket and did something and went to another market that I really wasn't familiar with. And I really just took for granted that real estate was going to keep increasing. Um, I was young. I was in my 20s. I didn't have a mentor. Um, So I was just kind of following the wind. I didn't have a defined strategy. And as a result, that's that's the one that got that got caught up. And so I I just say all this to say that, um, again, to your point, there's a lot out here. And I think there are just endless ways that you can generate income. But you really have to figure out, you know, what's the right strategy for you? Um, and make sure that you have some sort of um, defined, you know, way to to decipher between opportunities. The other thing I would say from a spiritual standpoint is that in hindsight, there were so many roadblocks to buying that property that it was almost like the Holy Spirit was saying, stop, like, don't do this. Don't do this. And I kept pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing. Um, again, I was, I really wasn't praying and, and asking God at that point. And um, I learned really at, you know, right at that point that, okay, God, like seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Like really see what the Lord is saying before you do anything and he'll guide yeah. you. Yeah. And that verse you just quoted is one of my favorites because it, it really is true, especially as it relates to financial things, right? We, we sometimes seek the income and the wealth or what that brings instead of, you know, doing things for the glory of the kingdom. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so, so let's talk about how you actually 
got through this, paid off this six figures of debt in a, you know, sound like under four years, three years and a few months. Like what were some of the, the strategies and tips that you and your husband kind of yeah. took on? Yeah. So the first was more not, not quantitative, but it was really that we had to really believe that that freedom was possible for us. Um, and really get past the, you know, I would call it the junk or the residue that you bring. Um, mm-hmm. Because I grew up in a, a household, we were doing pretty well, but it was still like, you know, Robin Peter Pay Paul, like that is the American way. That's, it's just something you live with forever. And so yeah. um, just being able to even think differently around that was, was first the first thing we had to do, as well as, you know, find scriptures to really stand on the word of God. And so that was the first thing. The second thing was we really looked at like, okay, how do we make sure we're cash flow positive? And basically what that means is just that your income is more than your expenses. So like we were comfortable, we were paying our bills, live in a great neighborhood, blue ribbon school district, all that wonderful stuff, but we really weren't free. And so it was really because we didn't really have cash flow in our budget. So it was trying to find room like, okay, what is this extra money that we can find in our budget on a consistent basis that we can start like really making some like headway into our debt? So once we did Mm -hmm. that, we was like, okay, this is our number. Let's just start, you know, throwing it at the debt. And then the other thing was, you know, we, we all know the popular strategies. There's the debt snowball and the debt avalanche method. Right. And we decided to go with the debt snowball because I need that psychological, like small wins, like, okay, yeah. All right. Next one. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, that's, you know, for your listeners, um, I know you covered this in a, in another episode, but it's just, you know, you list your debts from smallest balance to largest balance and you tech them one at a time. And, um, and with that, what I found is that whether you pick the snowball or the avalanche method, the secret sauce is really just focus. You know, like instead of spreading your extra money, just really focus on one and really, you know, be intentional about knocking that out. Um, The other thing I would say is really like I call all of that the the warm up, honestly. I really feel like once you you get to like actually put in the debt, you know, putting the the actual cash flow onto the debt and working out the snowball, like that's the workout, because what happens is. You get tired, first of all, because yeah. it's taking a long time. You're like, all right. You know, there's times when we were just like, all right, forget this. Let's just do what we want to do because we were really going hardcore. And that, and I'm not saying you don't have to be hardcore, but we were hardcore. So we cut out vacations. Right. We cut out everything. And we got really fatigued and there was times where we were just like, you know what? We want to get the bathroom done. There was tiles falling off the wall. We, we bought an old house, mm-hmm. it was, you know, all that good stuff. But we realized like if we just, at that point it was like, we just had, we just keep going one more year, we would be done. And so really just kind of like watching out for like, what is that weaknesses that you have, whether it's, you know, Amazon or you tend to spend a lot over here or, you know, things come up. I think everything is every, there's, there's different pitfalls, I would say for different people, but it's really just kind of watching out because you have your plan, but actually following the plan is really where the work is. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And as you talk about the fatigue, you know, sometimes you're talking about six figures in debt, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes or tens of thousands. 
um, that you accumulated rather quickly, right? You yes. think about for school. Yes. It's four years, maybe, you know, you got a four year degree and all this debt afterwards. Um, so to try and pay that off in less time than it took you to even get it, mm-hmm. you have to really just focus your mind to understand, like, this is a monumental thing you're trying to do. So that's, you right. know, your focus and efforts in it are not, not to be like, underappreciated like what you're trying to do is a a really big task and Mm -hmm. overall the system isn't set up for you to pay it off quickly like they gave you 30 years or whatever it is 10 years to pay this off um by design right um right and on top of that right the the focus as you say with whether it's a snowball or avalanche it's really knowing yourself um yes to that point, what are you spending on? And especially, you know, this past year in the pandemic, I think it's even harder for people, even for myself, I know where you're able to, in previous years, I was able to, you know, not spend on things. I'm more frugal and fine, not going out, but you spend the year locked in your home. Mm-hmm. You want to improve your house. You want to go out sometimes. So definitely, um, there's a lot of that psychological piece of it in how you spend money. And um, it's just knowing when to give yourself grace and when to really be, you know, hold yourself accountable. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I would say that, you know, for anybody who is trying to get out of debt and really follow a little plan, you know, I, I do believe you should have grace with yourself and really be patient with yourself and just decide, um, you know, if things do come up that you did not foresee, you know, make the decision. And just know that, okay, if you decide to veer off your plan, then it's just going to take you longer. But if you intentionally make that decision that whatever you decide to do is worth it, then that is your decision. I mean, for us, there were there were things that came up. There were weddings that came up, um, um, international weddings that we missed because it mm-hmm. just we just could not fit it in. Um, because we had committed ourselves to this and there just wasn't enough time to adjust. And that was hard. It was a sacrifice, but that was our decision, you know, but it's your plan. It's your money. And you have to decide how and when you fluctuate, if you will. Yeah. And the, the reverse of that is also true. If you decide that, you know, this is an important moment you want to spend with your, you know, it's a family member's wedding and you want to be there and you make that decision. You also don't want to be hard on yourself for that. That's you know, right. All of our decisions, you have to kind of own up to them. So if you've prayed about this and you believe that this is the best thing, redoing your bathroom, you need to do it now, mm-hmm. spend your time with the family, whatever it is, because it is a choice, right? That's right. You, you, um, save all this money to pay off debt so you can have time later, but you don't know what life has in store for you. You know, we're in this year of a pandemic. You can't see your family for, for only over, you know, virtual um, conferences and things like that. It may be important to you to spend that time with family. Um, so it's really just about what your values are and what um, is priority for you and not to beat yourself up off, about those choices. That's right. Yep. I wholeheartedly agree. Awesome. So, um, kind of as we wrap up here, what would you say are some of the top lessons you've learned through this, you know, debt-free journey? I've really learned that God is faithful and will meet you at your level of faith. 
And I just want to give two examples around that. So when we were going through our journey, we actually came home to an unexpected check for a little over $10,000. Wow. And it was, I still can't really tell you what it was, but it was around one of those, you know, you had your part of those class action settlements that you don't even know oh, you're yeah. a part of that some company yeah. got you know they just didn't be like were you involved please check yes or no right like we didn't and it, we didn't even get to that they just it was just a check in the mail literally and it, it was to the point where I, I was still afraid to clear it wait I was waiting for the bank to clear it before I, I actually believed it was real but I wholeheartedly believe that was a blessing um, um, from God during that time as far as, you know, we're really trying to stand on his word. So, yes, we wanted the $2,700 a month, of course, but it was a revelation like, oh, like, like, beware of debt. Like, okay, let's really try to live our lives based off of what the word says and see if we can do this. And I really believe that that was a blessing um, to help us accelerate paying off our debt. The other thing I would like to share is even today. So my husband just started a doctoral program in September. And after going, you know, when you go through something like paying off so much debt and really sacrificing, you're sitting here saying, I don't want to go into student loan debt again. Mm -hmm. And so we were trying to figure out, okay, how can we make this work? And make a long story short, he's a high school teacher. And his school asked him to take on a student teacher. Now, that's not necessarily uncommon. But what happened is that the student teacher came from the institution that he's currently getting his doctorate in. So what that means is that he gets a class for free. Oh, wow. Then that was in the fall. Well, now we're here in January. They asked him to take on another student teacher. And it's from the same institution. So now he's getting two classes paid for. And we're just like, wow, like we're we're just cash flowing his tuition. And now we're actually paying less tuition than we thought we would have had to pay because these opportunities came up that we could not have ever foresaw. Right. And so exactly. I just I just truly attribute it to God and just how faithful he is and how he's just kind of making some things happen, you know, as we try to really avoid try to avoid that as much as possible. And so that's that's where I come from when I say that I really believe that, you know, he really meets you at your level of faith. Um, and then the other thing is just that um, there's a great quote from Martin Luther King. He talks about how faith is taking the first step when you don't see the full staircase. And mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, um, I had no idea that I would be doing today what I'm doing right now. Um, and you just don't necessarily know what God has for you. Um, you, you know, it's amazing, you know, it's, you know, it's beyond what we can, yeah. you know, think or imagine. Right. But having gone through that step of really saying, okay, I'm trying to live out your word. Let's try to pay this debt off. All of a sudden now, I, you know, I'm working, doing what I love, helping people with their numbers, their money, their finances, and working on some really amazing projects that I never would have thought I've been working on. Um, as a result of being able to make this pivot and this move. So just know that there there could be a whole bunch of more on the other side that you don't even see. So just take the first step. I love that. I, I really do. Um, and even as you're telling your story, it's encouraging to me as well in different areas of my financial journey and just um, appreciating your level of faith um, is, is amazing to hear. 
Awesome. So <laughs> what would you say now is your goal, right? You accomplished this great thing, paying off all this debt with kind of, you know, new financial goals, financial independence. What are you looking towards um, as a family now? Uh, so definitely asset accumulation. And um, I definitely still want to pay off the house. That is something that um, I would love to do sooner rather than later. Um, but right now, top priority is to really um, build up as we are investing. I do invest um, in the stock market pretty regularly. Um, mm-hmm. So just building up that nest egg and just making sure we can continue to cash flow his tuition right now. Um, he just right. started. It's a, it's a three or four year um, um, program. And so just want to make sure we are in a, in a position to be able to cash flow it and not be able to have to take out student loan debts again. So that's where we are. That's, a, that's amazing. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to now shift your focus to a little more future thinking, right? Investing, saving for the future Definitely. and in the current being able to pay off debts, um, pay off the school tuition. Definitely. And, and we want to give more. We want to give more. Yes. Us, yeah. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, Imani, it's, was great talking to you and just hearing your story. But if people want to hear more from you or get in contact with you, um, go ahead and give your socials and websites and all the good stuff. Yeah, no, thank you for that. So yeah, you can um, find me at uh, financebyfaith.com on Instagram is financebyfaith on Facebook is financebyfaith, the number one, and also on Clubhouse at Imani Hamilton. And I really just say I loved our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me and uh, talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you, Imani. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope this was very encouraging to you. And thank you for taking the time to listen.